Retro Rebel Gamecast episode 73 is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released every Friday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook, at Temple of Geek, for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Hello. Hello. Hello, how have you been? Good. So, can you follow up now just... To preface this, I do realize if you're listening to this episode and you listened to the last episode, you will realize that some of the news was a little dated. Uh, I apologize for that. We had some technical difficulties uh, recording the first episode. And so it seems like one episode's from the future and one episode is definitely from the past. Uh, But this one should be uh, current. And uh, so, you know, what have you been playing? Or can you follow up? What you what we talked about last time in terms of the games you've been playing uh, with with an equally solid uh, representation this week. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. But after I played all those sports games uh, last weekend, uh, this week I actually did kind of more of the same. So I downloaded the FIFA demo so that I could practice and not be so crap. Um, and <laughs> I uh, played. I think uh, Juventus versus uh, Bayern Munich, maybe, and I won that. And then I played uh, as the Tottenham Hotspurs versus uh, Dortmund, and I won that as well. So getting better, getting better. It's nice. a it's a mystery, and we're trying. Uh, so yeah, it's sl- slowly but surely. I uh, I feel like I'm getting there, um, and then I also played a bit of Fortnite. So a little bit more of the same. Yeah, a little bit more of the same. But now have you um, spent much money on Fortnite? Mm, No, this time I haven't bought in the season pass like usually I do. Uh, But I didn't this go round um, because I felt like. I don't, I don't know. I just felt like I don't play it as much as I was to rationalize the purchase. So I didn't do it this right. time. But, okay. you know, if you're playing it a lot, it is fun. You do unlock things more often. But, I, I mean, I probably only play it a couple times a month, you know, maybe like four times a month. And to me, the eight bucks, it's just, you know, it's a lot for four times a month. That's true. That's my opinion. Um, That's my opinion, at least. No, I agree. I think that kind of goes for every game that I spend money on. Um, I did not buy the expansion for Hearthstone, but that's because I also had enough dust to get whatever cards I wanted to get for the class, the only class that I really play, (laughs) which is Mage, and it's the one that I've always played. And I'm like, well, if this... And you know how they cycle decks out to where some cards no longer are active... Or, or uh, you can't play in standard, but you have to play in wild or whatever. So they have 
just a certain number and a selection of the latest expansions, and those are what are able to um, to be used in standard play. And uh, sometimes the deck that I have been playing uh, becomes kind of weak and obsolete for the current, you know, the current expansion or whatever. And so I'm like, okay, well, this time I guess I'm just not going to do very well. <laughs> Hopefully next expansion I will. Um, I have no desire to try to get better at another class because I really like the mechanics of the mage. I've said that before. Um, so when I suck at it, I just, all oh, right, well, this two and a half months, I'm not going to play it very much. Uh, and then right. I don't buy anything. But anyway, um, so, well, that's good. So any, uh, so FIFA and Fortnite, very alliterative. That's what I'm playing right now, man. I have been playing, well, um, okay. So Kingdom Hearts 3 is, has not been released as of the time of recording this. And so I, I'm, that's what I'm waiting on, um, but I'm impatient, and and apparently I had just enough money burning a hole in my pocket to to buy another game, uh, a game that I kind of had wanted to play. I wanted to play in 2018. It was released relatively late in 2018, and it's not uh, the typical game that I have been playing. And it is uh, it's called Mutant Year Zero: Road to Eden. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. Okay, so. Uh, it is a turn-based strategy game where you play at the, I mean, it's post-apocalyptic world. Uh, most humans are gone. Uh, mutants kind of rule the, rule the world and the society. And, and so you are a, this party of three characters. One of them is a mutated mallard duck. One of them is a mutated wild boar. And the other one is a human that has this mutation where she can turn her skin to stone. Wait, why are they mutated? Uh, probably because of nuclear or something. Um, okay. yeah. ah, so yes, I watched I'll the trailer. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I said uh, yes. it like it was a normal thing that happened. Like, what is the Right, duh. Thing? I mean, in this world, <laughs> humans are gone, but the animals now are anthropomorphic and also, um, you know, run the world. Such a big uh, word. I forget you're a teacher, and then you say anthropomorphic. I know. And I'm and like, I probably. Oh, okay. I, wow. Well, the, the problem you get into is if you don't use these words a lot, then you start to lose kind of what they mean, and then you start using them incorrectly. And so, someone in the comments will eventually tell me that's not what that word means. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so yes, uh, it's a turn-based strategy game, though. So. You I, and and I say all this as if I haven't played it yet because I haven't played it yet. Uh, it's been it took about three and a half hours for it to download on my uh, hard drive for the PS4, and so uh, I bought it and I watched a bunch of YouTube videos and trailers for it, and I already had so I kind of knew what it was about. Um, but it was the only game that I had seen that I that kind of got me excited to play. Okay, I even put in The Witcher Three for a minute. And uh, I am officially 4% uh, into that game. But one of the things that really frustrates me is as I was playing it, and this is what drove me to go buy this other game. While I was playing Witcher 3 and I was kind of getting into the groove and and, uh, I think I had gone to like the third town. I was like level 6. So I was a level higher than I actually had to be to be in this area. And... Uh, I ended up 
you know, you know how you when you're riding through the countryside and you see some herbs to pick, and the herbs happen to be right next to a group of enemies, and the group of enemies is right next to a person that you get a quest from. Well, I jumped off my horse and I went over there, and they happened to be a, le- a level higher than me, and they were those fish people. Once again, I almost went like, ah, oh, yes, fish people. But no, I don't know what you're talking about, fish people. Okay. Well, fish people, I, I don't know what they're actually called, but they, I mean, in Witcher, they're right along the coast. They're like humans, but they have fish heads and claws and teeth. And um, Anyway, and they whooped my ass. So when I died, um, I had collected, I don't know, maybe 100 herbs. I had killed a bunch of enemies and looted their bodies and had all this other stuff. Well, all of that was gone. Like everything I had done up to that point, probably at least an hour's worth of gameplay was gone. And, uh, I had to go do all that stuff again. And they put me right back at the front of the the town. As I arrived, that's when it saved last. And I forgot that you have to save, uh, somewhat regularly. And, and that's a mechanic that's in a lot of games. I just hadn't been playing any games that had that mechanic. <laughs> uh, everything I had been playing saves on its own. Once you reach a checkpoint, it saves. I don't have to worry about it. So I took that for granted. I died. And then I, once I died, I was like, F this, I'm going to play something else. So, so it's back on the shelf for a while. Uh, it's been on the shelf for like three years. So, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh, maybe one day I will eventually finish it. But I'm looking forward to playing this Mutant Year, year Zero. Um, and next time we meet, I will uh, tell you more about it. Actually tell you about it. Okay. All right. Yeah. I look forward to that. At least yeah, you play the game. I feel like sometimes you ain't be playing no games, even though that we do a new podcast. You're right. This is true. And definitely not games plural. It's usually a game. And it's usually uh, one that's been out for a while and, you know. Well, to be fair, I'm usually playing one that's out for a while as well, so. (laughs) Well, this one was out last year, so it might be one of those those games that ends up on the uh, awards list at the end of the year where it's like, you know, game I played this year that wasn't released this year. Uh, But we'll see. So, news. That brings us to news. Um... what uh, or, or if any news do you have that you'd like to share? Because I have a couple stories um, that uh, that I want to share. Nothing, nothing really big, but thought things that I thought were kind of interesting. Well, uh, nothing on the gaming front, but this week was the most historical defeat in a vote in the House of Commons since ever, and our country is plunging itself into a state of turmoil. So, yay! Is it? Yes. So as a brief history, don't don't act like you don't actually learn things on this show. So as a, as a so brief uh, overview of that of what's going on where you are, could you could you tell me because I don't know, and this may be the only way. Uh, well, the the fastest way to explain it, and to be fair, this isn't even the way I've explained it. Someone else explained it to me because I I asked the same question, and they said, "Well, uh, imagine that you had." two years to make a plan for something. You only really started doing it in the last few months of it. Uh, You were supposed to present it to your boss back in November, but then you said, nah, let's just wait. And you exercised your right to delay. And you delayed so much that you couldn't delay anymore. And then when you showed up, nobody liked what you had done and they all voted no. So that's basically what happened. Uh, Theresa May, our prime minister, was negotiating with the EU for 
quite a while, although not the whole entirety of time that they could have been doing it, I'm certain. Uh, they were supposed to have a vote on the deal that she came back with, I think, back in November. She delayed it. The vote was on Tuesday, and I think like half of her own party voted against her as well. It is the most historic defeat uh, of a vote um, ever. Uh, and so now we don't have an agreed deal uh, at the moment, and uh, Brexit is, is just a few months away. So there is a possibility that we will do nothing. Uh, there's a possibility that we will leave without having negotiated the terms of our divorce, basically. Um, or there's a possibility that we may have, and that's even the most remote possibility, that we might have another referendum and throw it back to the people. So it's not ideal, and um, but that is kind of what it is right now. And as a freshly minted British citizen with a freshly minted uh, dual passport lifestyle, I now have to care. So I'm, I'm going to have to follow this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it might be uh, of interest to you. Um, I I didn't really understand a lot of it. I've if if I've learned anything about it, John Oliver taught me. So um, look, he's a really like reliable source. Like you know, as far as being quite balanced. But the the downside is is that even if I don't agree with the vote of the people, like they made a choice. So it would be sort of undemocratic to not do it. It would also be sort of undemocratic to be like, are you sure? And have another vote. Um, and so that leaves you, <laughs> that either leaves them a, you know, a few weeks to come up with another deal that the parties can agree on or just walk away and cross your fingers. That doesn't sound like a very good plan. It's not a good plan because of, namely, because of trade agreements and also the border between Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland. Um, there was lots of fighting not so long ago on the border. That's why they have an open border. And technically, if we were to leave the EU, that could really no longer be the case unless they set up rules in place to keep that the case. And there's concerns that tensions will mount again and, and it'll be very bad for you know, a, a portion of the population who lives in Northern Ireland that's still part of the UK. So there you go. You learned your you learned a little bit of geography, a little bit of politics, a little bit of um, potential history, and you're welcome. Uh, you're welcome for all of that. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, on a lighter note, do have some actual game news. And also, if you hear any background noise in my house, it's because I've got a baby and uh, two other children who are playing with said baby and uh, to keep said baby happy. It requires uh, sometimes loud noises, laughing, uh, running, and there should be other random noises in the background. So just, uh, just be aware. Um, she's getting big though. Like that photo you is. took, she's a big, big wiggle worm. She's a big wiggle worm and she's walking a little bit now. She walks oh really fast if you hold her hand. Um, but, uh, and she is very independent. So she only wants you to hold her hand to walk if she wants to get somewhere. And when she's done with you, she will let you know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like you are in for it, my friend. So tell oh, us your lighter my. gaming news. Tell us exactly something yeah. to restore our faith in humanity. Oh man, these may not do that. Okay. So 
uh, Red Dead Redemption uh, was slapped with a lawsuit uh, not too long ago by the Pinkertons. Now, mm-hmm. if you've played Red Dead uh, in the game, the, the game has been lauded for um, a, a lot of things, but it's it's been applauded for its its historical representation. So they will see now someone's not taking care of the baby and keeping her happy. Um, so it's been it's been applauded for its 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 historical accuracy, and one of the issues or one of the the evil characters or groups in the game are the Pinkertons. And in his, historically speaking, they were kind of um, portrayed as bullies. They, you know, strong-arm people. Uh, they were a legal faction, uh, I guess kind of like the FBI in a way. Uh, and anyway, so the Pinkertons slapped the Pinkertons of today, which I believe, I don't even believe they're a, a law uh a, Law enforcement agency, if I'm not mistaken, but someone can correct me, you can let me know in the comments. Um, but uh, I think it's just an organization or a, a company, maybe that's called the Pinkertons Group or something, and they are filing suit against Red Dead for maybe copyright infringement or using their name without permission. Uh, which, if it is a company called the Pinkertons that's doing this, I feel like it's maybe one of the dumbest lawsuits. It's not the dumbest. There are dumber ones. Um, but, I mean, this is an actual historical group represented in the game that was real back then. That's, you know, so I just feel like someone's trying to get in on some of that sweet, sweet Red Dead Redemption cash. Um, but who knows? You know, I mean, I, 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 have, a, I have a pretty good idea that this is going to be thrown out regardless. But I did think it was interesting that, you know, I think you're you're seeing people come out of the woodworks to try to really... Uh, you know, try to get a piece of whatever Red Dead Redemption's still going. I mean, Red Dead and GTA Five are basically printing money. Yeah, you know, they with their online. Uh, and and you know what? To be fair, GTA's online simulation, whatever you want to call it, there the the online component of the game is entertaining enough. That I mean, there are there are YouTube channels dedicated to just going into that world and doing things, um, and it's and it's entertaining. Like for instance, uh, I think it's the Bay Area Bugs. It's one of it's a way uh, a YouTube channel. <laughs> There's a group of guys and probably girls as well. I don't know. Um, hate to assume that uh, <laughs> one of their one of their missions was to take all of the. Um, I think it was like all of the police cars they could find in the city and dump them in the river. Oh, fun. And then commit crimes, but there would be no police cars, so the police would have no way to come get you. Did that and they work? did it by they did it by mass they they stole all of the tow trucks in town, put the police cars on the tow trucks and then drove them all into the into the river. Oh. And that was successful. Yeah. They were successful, very detailed and intricate, and also pretty funny. Um, <laughs> you look at the big picture. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty smart, and it's it's something very creative. I would have never thought to do in a game, you know. But when you have this sandbox, a true sandbox that you can kind of go do anything you want to, then people think of some creative things. I'm sure they think of some pretty terrible things as well, but uh, creative things. So, 
Uh, and I'm sure they do the same thing in Red Dead. I hadn't played the online yet, uh, but I'm sure they do. That said, uh, as kind of an aside, a little small um, news story, the developers of, of The Last of Us were giving, um, they were giving Red Dead Redemption a hard time for, I guess, the way they told a story or their single-player single campaign. Um, yeah, so anyway, I, for whatever that's worth, uh, you haven't played The Last of Us yet. Those, those that have, they know that the story is pretty fantastic, but also there's, there are no other, there's nothing else you do. It's, it's like, it's not an open world. Well, I think that's really uh, rude to be like, your story is not as good as our story. Like, well, it wasn't I thought it was kind of petty. Yeah, I, I did. I thought it was kind of petty for them to to do that because, and 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 it's not that it wasn't as good. I think it was the way maybe they told the story. Um, for the purposes of the story, really, Red Dead Redemption for everything else you can do in that cowboy simulator, I think that the story is pretty good, and the way they put it together is pretty good, and the way it's delivered is really good. Um, it's just different than The Last of Us, so I don't know that it's warranted. Um, any criticism like that. I mean, that's basically like saying, oh, this basketball isn't very good for golf. You know what I mean? They're not even the same. (laughs) (laughs) But but they're both games. Yes, I think that would be, that's a pretty good analogy. Um, (laughs) The, uh, yeah, so, I don't know, whatever. I mean, when I saw the, when I saw and read that article, I was like, well, I I don't know if they're kind of missing the point on this, but um, and then lastly, uh, in news that I know you'll care about, uh, Nintendo, there was a leak that there is oh, a it, I thought you were being serious. <laughs> oh no, sarcasm only. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Nintendo leak that, uh, the mini N64 and a mini GameCube both are potentially on the way. So, and I, and I don't know what your thoughts are. I, well, I do know what your thoughts are. on the. Uh, main, I think you'll the, find my thoughts are, I forgot I have some news. Forget the Direct Debit 5000. The new PlayStation 5 and the Xbox 2 are rumored to come out in 2020. 2020, the year of the real consoles. So, suck that, (laughs) Nintendo. Well, I don't, you know, I think Nintendo's been playing in their own sandbox for a while now. So, I don't know. No one else wants to play with them. Uh, You're probably right. Um, I haven't played with my Nintendo switch in a while. So you're probably right. Um, well, that's interesting. I know, you know, and I don't know if this is a defense. It's probably is a little bit of a defense of Nintendo. Uh, I think that of the mini consoles that have been released so far, including Sega's, the Sega released a Genesis PlayStation released a PlayStation, uh, one, whatever, just PlayStation. And Nintendo's released a Super Nintendo and a Nintendo. I think that of all of those consoles so far, PlayStation has just screwed the pooch on this. I mean, they they messed, they completely blew it. Uh, so they would be last. I think Sega's probably next to last. I mean, which is relative, you know, considering that PlayStation is really a distant fourth. And then Nintendo's... Uh, Super Nintendo would be first, I think, and then the regular Nintendo being second. Just because of the game selection, it's like 
PlayStation didn't even try. But I understand. I understand that it's kind of hard to get some of those licenses back, uh, if or even you know if they haven't held on to them. Which ones do you still have, and uh, which ones can you put onto this console for relatively cheap? Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't bought any of them yet. If that if that helps. So. <laughs> Jeez. It doesn't. I know. Well, I probably will. But see, I still have a Super Nintendo, and I still have a regular Nintendo. I don't play them, but I plan on keeping them just for, you know, prosperity, I guess. I don't know. I may put them on a shelf and keep them dusted and so that you can see them and look at them. I think one of them had to – I think my Super Nintendo had a Coke spilled in it, so I don't think it works anyway. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that is oh, not no. good for your consoles, people. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, all right. Well, that brings us to our main topic of the day, which is the last two categories for our Franken game project. So we've got uh, we've got it we've got our games pretty much ironed out, like all the components. It's just will be a matter of um, taking this recipe and 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 making some sort of coherentness with it. I invented that word. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, so the last two, the last two we have are mature themes and wild card. Mature theme, I believe, is that what you have as well? Yep. Okay, mature themes and wild card. So, we'll just start with mature themes. So, what mature themes and and maybe games that you're pulling them from would you want to have in this this all new? IP that you're creating that we're going to make millions of dollars on. I mean, also trademark, 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 copyright. Tra- Give us the royalties. <laughs> just say it I'm right saying, now, man. I, at least a shout out is all. <laughs> no, I want money. A shout out words yeah, are you're right. words are win. <laughs> I want money as well. Um, okay, so uh, for me, some mature things I'm looking for. You know, I like the romance. I like the banter. Um, I, I want to experience a full and complete existence. And I think that includes sensuality and romantic tension and dialogue about relationships and all sorts. Um, there, there are two games that I think do this really well and for two different reasons. And there's also a game that I think doesn't do this so well. So... I'll start off with the game that I think doesn't do it so well, and it's actually the Mass Effect franchise. And I'm I'm going to be very critical, and, and what I'm going to say is that I feel like everybody seems to have some sort of chastity belt that magically unlocks once you complete their personal side mission. And <laughs> it, it feels very manufactured, artificial. In fact, you can click through dialogue options until they basically give you that quest. And then, you know, if you go and do that quest right away, you can continue with it. Now, I, I will say that Mass Effect Andromeda, in a few instances with a few partners, that was less noticeable. So if you romance the... Uh, the the new race guy that was there i felt like his was less um i forget what the new race was um now something started with an a maybe i don't remember um but yeah i don't remember what it was yeah his didn't feel as manufactured but all the other ones you know did for the most part and i just feel like that's not how life works you know you can't 
you can't talk like flirt with someone over the course of like let's say a month or something and then they're like hey could you help me move house and then suddenly you're in you know what i mean like i just feel like that's not how things work am i crazy like you should do a favor for somebody like and then you know access granted like it's so weird um, so I feel like they missed the mark. I feel like their cutscenes are beautiful. Their characters are pretty well thought out. However, that one part of the mechanic is weird. So yeah. don't do that. So that being said, I think that it's important to talk about when this is done well. So there are, there are two games that come to mind that I feel like they do it well. Um, the first one is uh, The Witcher, and I feel like The Witcher does it well because it builds and interweaves the sensuality and the mature themes through the whole game. So, you know, the women that are part of The Witcher's life are there kind of from the beginning. There are offshoots and storylines. You can visit brothels and things like that. Um, but these two women, uh, Triss and... Um, whatever the other one's name is, Jennifer, Yennefer, Tris and Yennefer. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're, they're there from the beginning. They are a, a, a big part of the overall storyline. And if you approach them like it is a joke uh, without you know, spoiling the game, it doesn't have the results that you think that it might being a video game. Like it's quite self-aware uh, it's really? fairly, yeah, it's fairly realistic. So, um, I'm going to put a spoiler warning for, uh, I don't know, how, how old do we think the game is? It's a couple years now at this point. Is, is, well, the, the, you mean the Witcher three? Yeah. The Witcher three. It's yeah, a couple years on now. Three or four. Yeah. So three years. Okay. All right. Well, spoiler for a three year old game or more, but if you try to simultaneously romance Yennefer and Triss, they will try to make you choose between them. And if you ah. refuse to choose between them, they will invite you for a, what you think is a menage a trois, where they basically just humiliate you and you end up without either of them. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, which is such a good way to treat how I, I think a lot of people approach video games. They're like, well, I, I don't have to choose. I can have them both. It's a video game. It's a video game. And they just That's they right. really take yeah. the piss out of you when it comes to that. So I think I think uh, The Witcher does it very well. And it doesn't take itself too terribly seriously. There are a lot of really funny scenes. One with a unicorn comes to mind. Like, it's just, they, it really does kind of... Uh, it, it doesn't take itself too, too seriously, which I enjoy. And the other game that I think of a similar vein, although you um, you also have to choose in Dragon Age Inquisition and all of the Dragon Age franchises, you can't really romance more than one person. There are a couple characters that you can have like a little side thing with, but eventually you do have to make a choice. And there's no option not to make a choice, you know what I mean? Like, uh, right. you should, uh, they don't play this sort of games on you like The Witcher does. But um, what I do enjoy about it is that um, during the romantic scenes, depending what characters you choose, it can also be quite funny and self-aware. Like, um, you know, spoiler for a, I don't know, probably five-year-old game at this point. Um, 
if you romance Iron Bull, you're in bed with Iron Bull and one of the other characters like comes in not expect- expecting you to be alone and then there's quite an awkward dialogue and Iron Bull obviously doesn't care because <laughs> he's you know at one with himself and nature so you know he's just happy to be there naked as a jaybird and you know everyone's quite awkward about it. <laughs> And it's a very endearing scene. And as I've said many times, the romances in Dragon Age actually make a huge impact to the overall story. Um, So that's one side of mature themes. The other side of mature themes, of course, is violence um, and, you know, blood and gore and that sort of stuff, horror, whatever. And I think um, one of the games that did that really well for me in story mode was... uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto, I think five, the one where you have to torture a guy. I yeah. I found that really hard to do. I found it very visceral, and I thought it drove a good point home. So any any time that where you got a game, be hard. Yeah. yeah, that it should be hard. It should be horrific. It's not funny. Um, and I thought that they they treated that really well. I tend to kind of form less of an attachment with the violent side of video games because that's not really what I'm about. Um, but I, I can definitely see when it's done well. And in that case, you know, that really sticks out for me. What about you? Those are, that's a good point. Um, I don't know that I ever really thought about that. So to stay with your theme, the mature themes and, and relationships, um, <laughs> one of the games, I don't know that I've ever played a game that did it well. So I've, I've just really started playing the Witcher three again and like getting into the story and, and, uh, I, th- I know I mentioned, I believe maybe uh, I've mentioned before when I started how little I've actually experienced. You know, the Griffin was the first thing I killed and the last thing I killed. Um, and so uh, I haven't really gotten into the relationship part of it. I kind of have an idea, but I didn't play the first two games. But I have played all of the Mass Effects and I played all of the Knights of the Old Republic, including the, the MMO. And I felt like there's just really a common thread between all of those games in that yeah. you aren't limited in your options. Uh, you do have to like check a number of boxes. And once you've checked all the boxes, now I can pursue the relationship. You know? <laughs> I hate that, uh, though. I know you don't mind. Yeah, it, I know. I and, and, well, I didn't really think about it. You know, I thought of it as, <laughs> unfortunately, and maybe this is a sign of the times. I mean, I thought of it as an objective. Here's my objective. Mm-hmm. And my objective is to check all these boxes. And when I do, I can pursue this relationship. People are not objective, Stacey. I know it. I know this sounds terrible. And taken out of context will ruin me. But, (laughs) um, you know, but that it was a video game. And so that was my, I I guess I never got really too attached. Uh, I I did have a sense of loyalty in Mass Effect. Like I picked Tally. And Mm. I think I picked Tally because that was the strangest (laughs) of the ones. And I really did want to see her face. And then you don't get to see your face. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, but anyway, uh, she, you know, so I, I never really thought about how that, that impacts the game. Well, recently, you know, there was the story with um, the Assassin's Creed series where they had boasted about how you could, you could basically love and have a relationship with whoever you wanted to. And uh, then they released some downloadable content that basically made you have a relationship with a significant other of the opposite sex. Made so you, you weren't able to choose. 
you weren't able to choose. But the reason was because if you don't, scientifically, you can't procreate. So you can't keep the Assassin's Creed line going, right? Mm. This is science. If, mm. And so it, that's why they did it. So it was it was a narrative choice. It was a choice for the story. Then you could go back and continue to pursue your relationship with whoever you wanted to. Um, well, a lot of people were upset because that was not the character that they rolled. You know, that wasn't who they wanted to play. And they forced this, the character into a relationship that they didn't want for narrative reasons. Right. And I got to I thinking, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I can too. I mean, I understand you were playing the game and you're playing in a particular way and then you are forced to play your character differently, especially when they say you can play it however you want. Um, and then that's not necessarily true. I understand both sides of it. Like, I understand you can't actually continue the series if you don't explain how this series continues. You know, there that would, there would be a major... I mean, to order. a certain I mean, extent, though. I mean, to a certain extent. But, like, what if you were a sperm donor or something? Like... Well, but we're talking about ancient, ancient Egypt, though, you know. Oh. Yeah. Yikes. So, like, <laughs> in context of, like, yeah, the B.C., you know, um, that, uh, you know, that, that kind of technology wouldn't exist. And yes, that would if we were talking about now. But back then, there really would be no way to, to, to explain it unless you just left that part out of the story. And it just assumed it came to pass at some point you know, the plot hole, whatever, you could explain it off camera um, and not pursue it as a, as a, anyway, all that to say, it got me to thinking about how, how I, how important that is to me, like to be able to have a, have a remote romantic uh, interaction or have that romantic pursuit in a role-playing game or in a game that I would create. And I, and I found that it is important. Like I do want to have that, but I don't need all of the choices, you know, I think it's okay for a game to tell its story the way it wants to tell it. But if you want to play, like if you were a male character and you want to pursue a male love interest that you should have that, but maybe you shouldn't have 10 of them. Maybe you have one and for the, or two and, and for the purposes of the story that that helps create a more cohesive narrative, I think. Because otherwise you're having to, to write a number of other, and I just think you can do so much more with the story and make that relationship mean more when yeah. I can write it better and have a better arc with one or two characters instead of eight, you know. Um, and then you can choose a, a male or a female love interest and write those those relationships really well, like The Witcher did. Apparently, I didn't know that they did that, but that makes so Oh, that's so sense. good. You know, and yeah, I think sorry, that spoilers be, for that, you because I realize you haven't played it all the way through. But like, no, I think you I would mean, choose that, anyway. You probably wouldn't get that ending. That's why I didn't feel so bad about saying it because I feel like you're you would pick. I would pick. I'm, I kind of already have picked. And if I'm if Jennifer so is a choice, I would choose Jennifer. That's who I would choose. Oh um, yeah. But I don't know you're that I'm ready I've met for the some other... unicorn loving. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, and so, uh, but I only know very little about that character as well. Like she, you know, said something, teased me and then disappeared. So um, anyway, uh, the, you know, so I think that that's, I think that's good. Uh, the Old Republic MMO, uh, it's like 
they kind of play the love interests against one another and say, hey, you got to pick me or don't pick me. You know, and I've always played my character kind of the way I think I would play him, except for in the love interest where I would say what I think they wanted to hear. Right. You know, and, and that's, you know, if if I knew, I guess, you know, I, I should just play it as you would play it instead of trying to game the system. Um, because I guess the only thing that the MMO did well, the Star Wars MMO did well, is you had to know the love interest well enough if you were going to give them gifts to improve your, like your, your, uh, your standing with them, uh, that if you were going to give them gifts, you had to know them well enough to know what kind of gifts to give them. Otherwise it would either go down or just be a waste of a gift. And you had to know what they liked. And so you got that from conversation, just not like hitting on them or anything like that. You just got that from normal conversation, what they were interested in. Um, and sometimes it was very vague and you still had to guess which may be like real relationships too. <laughs> um, but uh, so I haven't had a, a game that did it well, but if, if the Witcher really does do it that well, or that's the way they do it, I think that's what I would be interested in my game. It's just a couple of interests. You could choose, you know, what direction you want to go. But I, I think if you wanted to pursue a male or a female love interest, um, but that you keep it kind of streamlined that you, that if it if it is going to be that big of a deal, it's tied to the narrative. It's written really well. There are consequences for gaming the system. Uh, and then, in, like you did, like you said, on the opposite end or in the other end of mature themes with violence, um, I don't know that I've ever really thought about that part either because usually it's either so hyper stylized, like Ninja Gaiden, where you're uh, you know, there's so much blood that it's comical. And so it's like kind of, you know, it kind of takes you out of it and you realize you can, you can detach yourself from it. Um, and then I didn't play enough of GTA five to get to that part. Um, but right. you know, the other GTAs I played where you could run people over on the sidewalk on accident, just cause I'm terrible at driving in that game. Um, I, there was a disconnect, so I didn't really see it. Like I, I wasn't the kind of person that could pick up a hooker. Like you, you know, you know what GTA I 3. know that you remember. Do you remember in Telltale in The Walking Dead the "I love you, brother" scene? That was a good use yeah. of violence. In, in the last, in the last, uh, well, the series before the last one, right? The one with yeah. uh, baseball yeah. brother. Yeah. Oh my god, that was yeah. that was tough. That well, and tough. I think that's the thing. Make make there be gravity. Give give weight to violence. So, you know, there is. I think there's a there's a part in Fable uh, where they try to give some of the some of the decisions you make gravity towards the end of the game. You know, where you're like, you can either have wealth and all the people will die of famine and hate you, or you can take care of them, but you won't have enough money to build your army to defend against you know the coming war or something like that it's like one or the other yeah and uh and you know and throughout the game they try to make you they try to see basically how evil or sadistic or you know sometimes you have to sacrifice a villager in front of a door to open it and you know and what are you willing to do and and so if i think if the game can i forgot about that 
Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, there, was, there were a lot of experiments in there. And I wonder if the, that data was tracked and see how many sociopaths there are. Um, <laughs> like, like even in something as, as cartoonish, uh, stylized as Fable, I really drew the line. Like, I, if I've ever had an animal companion, I, I don't think I could, like, I can't just be vicious or mean to it. Um, yeah. I think that, uh, you know, most games I've played, I'm, I have enough agency and, and sense of awareness and, and attachment to my characters that I am just not maliciously violent or mean, you know, like uh, the example I was about to say was, you know, the people who, or the, the fact that you can or could, I'm sure you can in GTA five to pick up a hooker, pay them, drive out to the middle of nowhere, whatever. I mean, I have done their that. money. And then you can beat them up and take your money back. I mean, I've done that, but I've done that. Like, it wouldn't have occurred to me if other people hadn't been like, hey, guess what you can do? Like, you know what I mean? I don't think right. that would have organically. Yeah, that wouldn't have been your first thought. Yeah. Because right? I'm not that a psychopath. Been the experiment. I wonder if I can do this. Yeah. Right. And so I, I'm this, I was the same way. And so, you know, I think that... Um, if, if the game can present that, the violence in a way, and I think I think all of that has to do with how well the story, how well the game is written. Yeah. If GTA did it, they had great characters. And Trevor, Trevor's the crazy one in GTA 5, right? Yeah, he's crazy. Yeah. And he is crazy. and But he's written so well, you know? Yeah. He's written... He's believable. Even if he seems like someone like, I meets from back home in Florida, like if right. you said Trevor, Florida man, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is. Yeah, he's like ninety percent of the population that's not elderly. Mm. Um, and uh, I mean in Florida, that if you just go by the headlines, um, in Florida. Uh, but uh, if we have any Florida listeners, I'm I'm not sorry. It's um, fine. I'm from Florida. Y'all can just deal. I know. I know. I'm just, uh, but but you are also a citizen of the UK, so yeah, you know you can. Oh, um, throwing shade. No, I'm saying you can get you can get you get a pass because you don't you don't have to claim Florida. You know, nobody mm. wants you to. In fact, we we actually suggest you don't claim. Florida. Florida proud, uh, Florida proud. <laughs> so I guess uh, I guess we're both saying the same thing about our relationships is that um, if, if we were to make our own game, the violence would need to matter. There would need to be some gravitas and less relationships, but more emphasis on quality and surprise and realism, I think. Right. That's what I would want, but, at least. Which goes and I for like, violence, too. Mm. That the violence is is it's woven into the story in a way that it, whatever is gratuitous, um, that if it is gratuitous like it can be in GTA, that there are examples of how how real it can get to to try to drive the point home that this that the point of this is not an experiment and how violent you can be or. You know, give options like even even in Mass Effect. I played the character the way I thought it should be played as a when as a renegade. And but that didn't mean that I ever made a decision that I didn't think that Shepard would make. 
I think Shepard as a renegade and as a <coughs> specter would shoot you in the face as judge, jury, and ed- executioner um, if you violated these certain principles and there wasn't any flexibility there. We don't have time for it. The Reavers are coming. We, we got to go. Or yeah. Reaper. Reapers? Reavers? Reaper. Reapers. Reaper. Yeah. It's Reavers and Serenity. Um, yeah. Firefly. I always got those mixed up. Anyway, yeah. Reapers are coming. You're getting shot in the face. Um, and I just knew that was his, that was he, as a soldier, that was his character and that was who he was supposed to be. And I didn't feel like that I ever went in and just was cruel. You know, I didn't ever, I never chose a, you know, a, there, there are times that you could slap a, a female newscaster for asking a, a question that you didn't like. Well, I didn't do that. You know, that I didn't feel like that was in his character. Now, <laughs> I think I did. She violated his other. She was super annoying. <laughs> well, maybe she was being a smart aleck. But you know, if if uh, you know she had violated principle, then I have to shoot her in the face. It's just the, that was the rule. It's just how it, it was goes. Shepherd's rule. That's just how it goes. Dems the brakes. So, um, so anyway, that's that's. I think we're on the same page with mature themes as well, with uh, relationships and as well as the the violence. Um, and then the last one is wild cards. So we wrap it up with, I guess, what what out of left field element would you like to add to your Franken game? Uh, right. So my wild card is I would like a. The actually, I'm just gonna be very specific. I would like a the Titanfall to mech sidekick to hang out with. I think his banter was excellent. I think he is one of the best sidekicks I've seen in a game for a long time, considering that he's just a robot. He seemed very two dimensional, and I think having the added ability to get inside a mech suit just takes the game to next level so you know that 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 added little surprise and delight element of of getting a mech suit best friend that's what i want i want to add that in (laughs) (laughs) um i i want to have um the ability to drop in and play cooperatively with a friend no matter what wherever you are um, that I could take control of one of the three characters, maybe that you have in your party, and and that um, you know, like I, I think they, I don't know that they've done it exactly this way, but to be able to, if I if I initiate a conversation, like I'm in someone's party and I initiate the conversation, well, the conversation's really for the main character, whoever's driving the story. So even though I initiate it, they're really talking to the main character, and that's who's visible, you know, in the dialogue. But other than right. that, that, um, you know, that I can, uh, I can just drop in and assist or help or, or, uh, and that maybe there is a part or a component of the story that is dependent upon the fact that you do have somebody in your party that's kind of maybe like an equal main character, um, right. similar to like a way out or is it no way out? Or a way out. I think it's a way out. A way out. Yeah, similar to that, just in this particular theme, that you've got a character that you need to help get you through. And and maybe maybe the there aren't puzzle mechanics that require you to have a co-op character perform something so that you can get past something. 
Um, although I don't know that that's bad. That maybe similar to how Gears of War did it in their first few games, where you could cooperatively, you could play, uh, you could even do it online. And when you played online, what was awesome is it wasn't split screen. Uh, but if you played side by side couch co-op, it would split screen. And there are a lot of times where, um, it, did you ever play all the gears of war? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you know where you actually have to split up your party and it happens all the mm-hmm. time throughout the game. One goes high, you know, one goes low. One goes high, one goes low. And somebody's getting screwed. You know, it's like oh, somebody's yeah. taking the somebody's wrong choice. Somebody's taking the wrong path. Somebody's picked the wrong way. And you don't really know which way that is, but it's like if if your if your way's really easy, you're like, Well, crap, well, their way's about to suck. And, <laughs> and um but if if you you know, and, and if you can split up and the computer will take care and handle that other side. Or if you have a co- cooperative play, then your friend can actually do that. And I think that's something that I would like in this game to have that opportunity to where maybe the party split up or there are there are elements or, or mechanics where the you you can you can control and dictate that they go over and perform an action and that action's going to help further the story or you have cooperative play where that that other person can maybe maybe they need to like mass effect if you have an you know an action third person rpg like fallout or uh, or even um, knights of the old republic really where you you can split up in a base, you can split up on you know on the battlefield, and and you've got enemies throughout, and you know to achieve a, an objective, we can split up and go achieve it, you know. So, um, and it still drive the story, you know. When we when we regroup at the other side, that's when the narrative continues. So, I think that's what I'd want. I'd want some sort of co op where I could get back to playing. Um, even though I have no friends that live anywhere close and it's really not going to be an, an option in no my heart friends. of hearts, my kid, my, my, my kid brain still, uh, remembers how much I enjoyed that. So that would be mine. So any closing thoughts? Well, look, I think that, um, that games are getting better at this. Like overall, I feel like the quality of writing and stuff that people expect, especially um, because they can see a lot of the game before they go and purchase it, means that it's really important for a game to be good um, and and be creative and, and all sorts. So I think I think we've got the makings of a fabulous game, and it is bloody trademarked. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. You heard it here, and uh, I think um, yeah. So next time. Uh, we will next time we're going to talk about uh, the games that we're looking forward to, but we're going to come back to this and we're going to create our our actual Franken game and uh, give it give it all put combine all these themes and make maybe the greatest games ever uh, that I would want to play. So a bloody men. A bloody men. Well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All of the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, TempleofGeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See you later. See you later.